welcome, welcome to the 360 Diaspora Experience Podcast. This is the show where we help you build mindset for legacy building for your family. My name is KG Ogunleye, and today we are talking about overcoming breast cancer, right? So I'm just going to give some statistics before I have my guests to come on. So, you know, breast cancer is the most common cancer among black women in the U.S. You know, so in the U.S., black women have 40% higher death rates than white women. Younger black women appear to be at risk for more aggressive type of breast cancer in the U.S. Black women are more likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer before the age of 40. I mean, this is statistic from the NIH, and so we want to get above this statistic. We, we don't want to be the statistic anymore. So I'm talking to someone that overcame cancer, and she was able to do that by the grace of God. So my guest is going to introduce herself. Introduce yourself, dear friend. Hello, everyone. My name is Adrienne Evans. Thank you, Keith, hey. for having me today. Thank you. Thank you. So, Adrian, how many years now have you been in remission? As of, well, uh, actually, October this year would be nine years. All right. Excuse me, November. November, nine years, yeah. November, nine years. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. Thank God for that. And how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling? I feel, I'm, you know, I'm just living day by day, trying to live a stress-free, stress-free you know, healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 When you went through something like that, it gives you a different perspective, right? It does. Does. Okay. So let me take you back nine years ago when you were just confronted with the diagnosis. What emotions went through your mind? My mom was also a breast cancer survivor. She was diagnosed in '91 mm-hmm. for the first time. But when I thought about it, I said, "Well, my mom survived. I'll survive as well." That's a good thing to tap into. Because you, we saw the evidence that your mom survived it, and you're able to do it. How does your face walk into this? Cancer feeds off the stress mm-hmm. and emotions. You, 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 your life is spared for a reason. So, what about family support? How did that come through when you got the diagnosis? How was that support? Well, I had my mom's support, and at the time, my boyfriend, who was my husband. I didn't. I didn't tell a lot of people. I didn't share with a lot of people. I basically mm-hmm. went through it by myself, and um, well, not by myself. I had you know a couple of people, but I went through it not alone, but just minimum people. And I know that you can't go through this alone. You have to reach out because you know it. It affects you, but it also affects your family and friends as well. Mm-hmm. So looking back, you were probably do it different. You have to, re- you think you want to reach out to other people if you look back now through the process? I would say I probably would do it the same because that's just me, but I know mm-hmm. other people, they reached out once they found out what I was going through or what I had went through and I mm-hmm. I was there by their side. For me personally, I probably would still do it the same way because that's just me. Um, I just don't share a lot of personal information, even though this is to be detrimental. But mm-hmm. I just, I just, I just went through, you know, with my by myself, and so. And my and mine was a little different. I mean, I had I had the type of cancer I had was BCIS, and it was isolated mm-hmm. to my milk duct. 
And when I even okay. talk to women, you know, it's it's just different. It's different. Mm-hmm. So you just mentioned something earlier now that you had a family history your mom had it. So was that always at the back of your mind to always get ahead of it to do early examination? It was. And then years come come to pass. Two of my aunts had it, one passed, and then three of mm-hmm. my cousins as well. And I've met so oh, many wow. people and other family, you know, extended family and friends had it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So early detection is one thing that we also want to stress, right? Correct. Early early detection. And I wish they would raise the age group up. They don't want to do it until you're almost, like, I think 45 or late 50. But so many women, 27, 35, are getting breast cancer. Mm. So I would think if you have a family history, you can get the mammogram early. You can, but it's a lot of hard work. It's, it's the insurance. You have to fight the insurance almost to get it. But if they... if if you have enough people in your family where it's a high risk, some I believe mm-hmm. they will go through with it. And mm-hmm. our family is very high risk. Wow. Okay. Okay. So before the diagnosis, do you kind of usually do a routine breast examination? Because that's one of the things they told us to always do. I always did, yes. You always do that? Okay. Well, I you always do Okay. Okay, okay. And mine wasn't so, even detected through self. It was detected through the mammogram. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. mammogram and then um, MRI, mm-hmm. sonogram. So sometimes you, you, can't feel, you can't feel it or see it by touch. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's also good to follow up with mammogram, early mammogram. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, one thing you said was, I mean, when did you do early mammogram? Were you able to find the insurance company to be able for you to do it earlier, or were you just doing the regular mammogram test examination? No, I didn't have to. Um, I didn't think about it doing early. I just mm-hmm. when it was time when my age came around, I was. Uh, I was 44 when I when I was detect, detected. So, mm-hmm. so it's very very important. I mean, talk to me about the early mammogram. Do you think is important? What can we do? You know, to make people go out and do it. Well, they always make you. Well, when you hear the first thing a mammogram, the first thing you always think you always hear women say, "It hurts, it hurts, it hurts," and it mm-hmm. does hurt. But it's only like a five second hurt that can that can save your life basically. So you just have to get over that fear. And I mean, when I walked in there, you know, I was fearful because I heard stories as well that it's going to hurt. But if I hadn't got my mammogram when I did, I probably wouldn't be here today. Yep. Yeah. So that early mammogram is very very important, regardless of the five minutes pain that you're going to feel. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh let's say somebody is diagnosed now and you know what 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 are the advice you can give to somebody that just got the diagnosis right now? I would tell them that um 
whatever decision you go with, whether it's radiation, chemo, mastectomy with reconstruction, a lot of it's a solo decision. You can't let your husband, your boyfriend, your parents, your siblings, your children make that decision for you. You have to you have to one, trust the doctors that whatever decision or plan that they suggest to you that you have to go with it. And once that you know the the um your 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 process is, is in place, you just gotta have faith that everything's gonna turn out right. And whatever you look like after if you do a mastectomy or you do your chemo, it's all temporary. Your hair is going to come back. You can get reconstruction. Um, the chemo, you know, your skin darkens. Your skin will lighten back up. Just remember that it's all just a temporary process. And you just have to take it for what it is and accept it for what it is. And just have faith that, um, you know, the Lord will just bring you through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So someone that's diagnosed and they have. Uh, a husband and uh, children, how can they support? How can they support them? Sometimes you, you don't know or they don't know what to do or what to say because everybody wants to reach out and help you and a lot of times you don't even know how you want their help. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just always say, just please be there if I do reach out to you. You, you just you don't know you just don't know how to feel you know people mm. come from all walks of life and they well can I do this can I do that and you don't know what they you really want them to do sometimes you just want to be left alone just go through the emotions yourself but you know there's a lot of people out there that they they make plenty of sacrifices and they do all kinds of things for you just because you're going through even complete strangers they'll reach out to mm. you. You know, whether they go to the store, pick up your kids. You know, there's a lot of single women out here to go through this alone. Um, you know, I was just fortunate I did have people, but I, I, I didn't reach out like some people did. I didn't, I didn't have to have someone around me all the time to make me feel better. I just found it within myself. Sometimes they say it's not just the disease of breast cancer that gets people. It's just the thought, the stress that gets people. So what do you say? How did you deal with that? Um, I cried once. Once I got over mm-hmm. that, I, I, I wasn't going to cry anymore because I, I just had faith in my doctors that the plan that they put in process, that this is going to work, even though I had eight surgeries, like I said, my, my situation was totally different. I had eight surgeries total. And um, sometimes I still go through pain in my breast. You're going to always feel pain. You're going to always have numbness. But you just have to, you know, you, you just try not to complain and just, just be happy that you're alive. You say, I, I'm alive. I have pain. Okay, I deal with it. Mm-hmm. You have to find that inner strength from somewhere. People can't give it to you. You have to find it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, 10 years counting, was, did you change anything from the way you were before, the way you were living your life before? 10 years ago, um, well, within well within the last couple of years, I started to get healthier. Well, I, changed, I started eating healthier, but last year I lost 35 pounds through the, the pandemic. 
And mm-hmm. I, I understand that I know a lot of times they say it's what we eat, what we put in our bodies that causes all these different things. Um, mm-hmm. So you just have to be mindful. But I think you can be a person that never smokes, never drinks. Um, you can still eat right. And, you know, if it's your time to get cancer, because it's, it's not a, it doesn't discriminate or from age or race. If it's just meant for you to to have it, it, it's just your time to have it, and you just accept it, and you deal with it, and you say, "I'm going to, I'm going to beat this," and I, you know, you take it from there. Mm-hmm. And and that's and that's basically how I live. I mean, like I said, I, I try to live every day as stress free. Like things that used to bother me, I don't even worry mm-hmm. about them anymore. You know, I try not to because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's always in the back of your mind. You know, worrying is just a part of life. But you know, they say pick your battles. You pick and mm-hmm. choose when you're gonna and I, I, I choose differently a lot of times now. I choose a whole lot differently. So one of the things that you said was that uh your doctors and your you know, the care team are very, very good. But then we right. hear horror stories about care you know, the medical practitioner care teams. I mean, what can somebody do? Can they do investigation on themselves? Can they, you know, research? And just don't take what the doctor say. Uh, a lot of times you can go with second opinion, sometimes third opinion. If mm-hmm. a doctor or your team is telling you things that you don't agree with and they're pushing it, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to say pushing it on you because they, they, the decision is up to you at the end of the day. They just write out a plan and say, well, this is the best for the type of breast cancer that you have. And you know, if if you don't feel confident, get a second opinion, get a third opinion. Me, I took, um, I went with the first opinion that I had. I didn't even go through a second opinion. And I was confident in my team. Everybody on my team was just so compassionate. If you don't have someone on your team compassionate in your corner, that, that would make you just, you know, you just feel down and you want to cry. But when you have people that's uplifting you and they say, this is what's going to happen and this is how your recovery is going to be. I mean, even with my recovery, they were telling me, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, you got to stay home for six weeks. You can't drive. You can't. For me, I'm such a busy person, even still to the day. I knew through my recovery, I still was just doing little stuff because I had to keep busy. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to keep still. And I believe when you just lay there, then you feel sorry for yourself. You have to get up. You have to put on clothes or put makeup on, even when you don't feel like it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, beautify yourself or whatever makes you feel beautiful or just make you smile. You can't have pity. If you have pity, yeah. then it, it'll be a long suffering journey. Yeah, you stress about so many things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're very lucky that your first, uh, the, your, team are very, very caring. That's good. Did you even consider alternative medicine? You know, now we have a lot of people that are foregoing the uh, regular breast cancer uh, treatment, looking at alternative. Did you, was it something that you even think about? Elaborate on that a little bit more as far as alternative. They're not going to do the regular uh, surgery, chemo, or radiation and go to alternative medicine. No. Mm-hmm. After I had the first three surgeries and my pathology chest um, continued to come back being negative, 
Um, I thought hard and long, and I said, just go with the mastectomy, and we're going to do reconstruction. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it wasn't something that was presented. I mean, that you think you have to do. Okay, okay. So I think I had this question earlier. So if a family member asks somebody or a friend that's going through the treatment, how can we support? How can somebody support without stressing the person? Because sometimes we don't know how to support. That's true. You don't know how to support, and it's hard because the situation is already sensitive. You don't want to say something to a person to hurt their feelings because mm-hmm. the little things you you think that you're helping and so you just don't know. But you just let a person say, thank you, I appreciate you know all that you help, all that you, you've been wanting to assist with me. And I truly, myself, I don't even know what I might need from you right now, but it's just good to know that if I do need you, that you are there to help me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a family member can always say, I'm here, let me know what you need. Or can right. you just, okay, okay. Can I say one yeah. thing? Like mm-hmm. a friend of mine who was going through breast cancer, and she was um, asking me a whole bunch of questions. And then it was her husband who reached out to me too. But her first response was like, I'm going to lose my hair. I said, you can grow hair. You can grow hair back. Mm-hmm. That's just a minor thing. You're gonna, your life is going to be spared. But then when mm-hmm. the husband reached out to me, he was like, Adrian, I don't know what to say because every little thing that I say to her, She's moody, don't touch me, leave me alone. Um, or I want to sleep by myself. I don't want you to look at me. You don't think I'm pretty anymore. Or are you going to leave me? And those are typical mm. questions. And I say, well, mm. if a man is going to leave you because you don't have any breath anymore, we have one breath, then mm. go ahead and let him leave because he was never there for the long haul anyway. You know, people change. But mm. I said, that's why I always say this is a single, a solo um, decision that you have to make because you don't want to take advice from somebody and then you say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that because it's already too late. Remission, I mean, after the treatment and everything, was there something, you know, because after that, after the initial diagnosis, people are there for you, but then after going through the treatment, is there something else that people can do to assist? They still have support groups afterwards um, Mm -hmm. because some people still struggle with losing their breath because a lot of women mm-hmm. feel like if they don't have breasts that they're no longer a women mm-hmm. um so yeah they do have support groups i mean even like when you lose your hair you know their classes to show you know you can uh they donate wigs you can wear you know they show you how to put makeup on different little things um but my doctor used to always tell me that I was different, even coming down, like, down to the medicine, you know, he had prescribed, you know, the, the strongest dose of, like, Percocet or Oxycontin, and mm-hmm. I took my Percocet once, I was like, don't ever give me that again, Oxycontin, <laughs> I didn't take it, he said my pain level was so, the tolerance was so high, and a lot of times, you know, I think we take pills because we know that it's there, because we're afraid it would be in pain. Mm-hmm. And I hardly ever even used my pain um, medicine because uh, I just didn't want to be dependent on them. So I just mm-hmm. turned them back in. I, I, you know, I turned them back into my doctor. I said, I don't, I don't need these. Um, mm-hmm. It was good to have them when, you know, the few that I did take. But I didn't, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's story is different. Because people say, mm-hmm. well, such and such had this happen or such and such. You can't go by with nobody else. But everybody's situation is different. 
Exactly. And that's what people go into to this thinking. Oh, well, she had this done, and she had that, or why? Or even reconstruction. Well, I'm not breast don't look. Every doctor does. You know, everybody's going to be different. Different outcome. Different outcome. Yeah. yeah. Different I outcome. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, the moral of it is even when it's different outcome to be aware, right? Awareness. Yeah. Is very very key. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So do you still do mammogram right now? Or yes, I still do. Um, uh, I you know I still have the one good breast, but even the one good breast, <laughs> it gives it, it you know it it gives me problems because you know you just you you know you never be the same because when you you have a reconstruction then you have a lift mm. to match the other one you just you just yeah. me have problems. I don't know if anybody else you know mm. you, you have aches and you hurt and have a kilo and that that bothers me and I say, Well, can I should I get it removed? But I just don't want to have another surgery. So yeah, I just yeah. deal with it, move on. Yeah. I mean you try to buy under you know, garments that's less sensitive, but it's just it doesn't even have to be anything on the skin. It just hurts sometimes. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So, so I just deal with it. This is actually an ongoing that you just deal with it every time. Yeah. Yes, and it's it's not unbearable. It it yeah. thing, I, it just it just reminds me like you know October is Breast Cancer Month, and I said you know for a survivor, every day mm-hmm. is Breast Cancer Month. All right, thank you. I appreciate you coming. You know, kind of want to shine light on it. Like you said, it's not just one day or one month, not just October, every day, because we want to change the statistics. But I think what you said is you know be aware of your family history. Right, very very That's important. Correct. That's mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't and don't be afraid to ask questions. Some people, like one of my cousins, reached out. She said, "Oh, can I ask you something? that's personal." I said, "You can ask me anything you want. Anything you mm-hmm. want to ask me. You know, because mm-hmm. you can't you can't be secretive." Now, like I said, I I mm-hmm. kept things to myself. But if someone asks me a question, of course I open mm-hmm. it up and share anything they want mm-hmm. to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how we help each other, right? Exactly, exactly. That's how we help each other, yeah, because being secretive just continues to uh, cover something up and people will die for lack of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. That is so correct. Mm -hmm. So that's why we actually did this uh, podcast because we want to shine light on breast cancer that is not that sentence that people think it is, right? But once you able to do it and like I said everybody's case is different but at the same time you don't want to kill yourself because you get a diagnosis but all right my friend so glad that you can get you on this podcast and you are living your life that's good (laughs) I'm doing my best Gigi I you know I have to I'm at a point now my son is grown I have a grandson you know, I take mm-hmm. care of my mom full time. Like, well, she's been mm-hmm. down breast cancer, and since mm-hmm. she got breast cancer back in December, she's been living with us in a, in mm-hmm. five years, six years now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's my time. It's my time, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm gonna make the best of best of it until I close my eyes. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. yes, and that's the way to do it, right? Because if you stress, stress is not gonna do anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk later.
All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this episode of the Services to Diaspora podcast. It's a prayer and commitment to support you as you try to build legacy for your family. If you would like to contact me, please email me, kg at metrohomesrealty.com. And don't forget to check my website. It's been a pleasure to share with you. Until next time, have a wonderful day. Hey there, this is KG. Are you looking for opportunity to build wealth using real estate? Are you looking for opportunity to build generational wealth? This is KG. I'm a realtor with TFX Realty. I help people buy and sell real estate, build generational wealth. Listen, if you're looking to buy, sell, or move, contact me and I'll take care of you. Don't forget to contact me. You can email me kg at metrohomesrealty.com. That's K-E-J-I at metrohomesrealty.com. Let's connect so that you can start building wealth for your family and the next generation.